0: Of the assistants here, uh, for those that may not know that, I'm Pastor Charles, and uh, uh, every once in a while uh, I get to, uh, to uh, speak to you as, um, uh, as the opportunity comes, and, and, and it's great. Uh, and, and today I have uh, a, a special topic that I want to share with you, uh, but before I do it, uh, I want you to know just a little bit of uh, uh, the background. Uh, my wife, uh, Grace, uh, and, uh, and myself. Uh, we have two sons. Uh, one son is on staff uh, uh, at a Pentecostal church down in Burlington, uh, and he's married Carrie, and they, they have two uh, uh, children. They have a, a daughter, uh, Ava, who is around 12, 13, and uh, Ezra, I think, is 10. Uh, so uh, we, we uh, get to see them once in a while. They live in Waterdown. I have another son. Uh, that is married and lives over in the UK, and that's a little bit of a tough thing for us. Uh, and he is married to Sarah, and they live in a place called Brighton. So for those that have been to the UK, you know that Brighton is right down at the bottom of England and uh, down uh, on the sea. Uh, uh, it was about, uh, it's been over a year and a half now uh, that uh, they became proud parents of a little boy and uh, his name is Henry. Well, I'll tell you now, I want you to know that uh, that's, uh, for you that uh, have grandchildren, and you can just, you know, go see them down the road or something like that, I want you to know that you are really, really blessed to be so fortunate to see your grandkids uh, uh, because, man, I tell you, there are times that that we ache. But uh, one of the joys that uh, uh, Gracie and I do experience, uh, usually on a weekly basis in the first part, is FaceTime. Uh, and for you that are, are familiar with uh, FaceTime, uh, you know how that, how that works. And so uh, we're, um, we have FaceTime with our little grandson, Henry. And uh, that, uh, that brings uh, great joy. Great joy. Matter of fact, that's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning's joy. And so I thought... Um, uh, before uh, I share my, my message this morning, I want you to see a recent video clip of Henry. And, and uh, what's happening now, he's at that stage. He's only, it was, this is probably about a month, he's a year and a half. So he's, you know, just kind of learning to talk and, and, and this kind of thing. And so Kevin, our son, is trying to get him to say, Dad, Dad. Okay? And, and so he, he seems to have mastered Mama, but it's Dada. And so I want you to see, uh, see this, uh, this clip, if they can have it ready for us in the sound booth. And uh, I'm watching. Yes, you could have it available Can for us. you say Dada? <laughs> ah, you little monkey. Can you say <laughs> Dada? Mama. <laughs> you well, I want you to know, it's just moments like that that bring joy uh, to to uh, to grandparents. So I want to talk to you today about joy. There was a song, uh, and uh, uh, when when I was uh, being brought up in church, we went to thing they would call the Sunday school, and uh, we've called all kinds of different names. Uh, and in Sunday school, uh, we would sing different choruses, and some of them, uh, you know, just are very easy to learn. And one of the choruses that... Uh, we learned to sing in, in uh, Sunday school was, um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Arguably, it was theologically sound, arguably. So that means someone could argue this point, all right? And so we would sing, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then we had some other choruses or other lines that would go, they would say, if you want joy, you must Clap for it. Uh, or then another line would be, if you want joy, you, you must sing for it. Or if you want joy, you must shout for it. So we, we would do those courses, and then we would give it all the best shot that we, we have. So you see, the Bible says a lot about joy. And, and joy can be confusing for the Christian If we don't fully understand exactly what the Bible meant when it said "said joy," so there's a lot to be said uh, about joy. So I want want you to take a look at me. We're going to take a look at the New Testament first of all, and then we're going to take a look at some from the Old Testament, and then kind of bring it back right up to, and we're going to center read in on Jesus. So uh, we're going to look at chapter eight of Acts, and uh, this is uh, uh, in the uh, uh, the days of when when things are just starting to unfold uh, for for the church. And uh, uh, this uh, 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 man revival was taking place. Holy Spirit was was moving. And uh, we're just going to kind of parachute into the middle of one of the scenes that were taking place place over in Acts chapter 8, chapter 4. Or chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered, because the church had been scattered at this point, preached the word wherever they went. One of them, Philip, went down to a city in Samaria. And proclaimed the Messiah. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Great joy in the city. I want you to understand something about the, the early church, it was, a, it was an early church, and we go to this next slide, uh, saying that the early church uh, was a presence-based church. It's, it, it wasn't, we have kind of getting away from that, uh, and now in the modern-day church, we have a lot of form, we have time schedules that we're on and so forth like that, but in the early days, what mattered to the church, first of all, was the presence of the Holy Spirit, they didn't do anything without first of all, man, we gotta we gotta know what the Holy Spirit thinks about this. And uh, uh, and if they encountered a situation that just wasn't going according to their plan, it was like, man, we gotta find out what the Holy Spirit it was like. We've got to get ourselves into the presence of the Lord. Was there anything wrong with that? Kind of a good idea, wasn't it? Being a presence based church. I want you to read uh, another scripture that comes along with that. Over in Acts chapter 13, verses 50 through 52 and 14 through 1 3. Because you see, we're going to talk about joy today. But if we don't know how to be a presence based church, or if we don't know how to get into the presence of the Lord, will never fully understand what joy is all about. So, another scene from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 13, the end of that chapter, and we have, uh, it's Paul and Barnabas at this time. So, at the end of the chapter, it talks about this, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but things weren't quite court, were not quite going just the way they had planned. But the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women. Now, that kind of confuses me how this all happens. But it says that these leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and leading men of the city. So things were getting stirred up. Yet, man, the gospel's going forth. These men are being led by the Holy Spirit. It says, as it goes on in this uh, passage of Scripture, they stirred up persecution against... Paul and Barnabas, yeah, man, persecution, and expelled them from their region. Now, I don't know, if this was modern day kind of thing and you and I had been on an assignment and we had run into this kind of thing, we said, whew, I don't think I'm going to do that again. I don't know if I'm going to go into that place. I mean, these people are nasty. I mean, here they are, we're counting on some. These people are supposed to be leaders, God-fearing people, and look what they do to us. Now, that might be some of our response if we are not familiar with the joy of the Lord. So the Bible says this about Paul and Barnabas. Remember, they were presence-based. The Bible says this, that Paul and Barnabas, they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So it's it's like this. So man, I don't know what's going on here. This is not going. But we're gonna try, we're gonna get into the presence, and we're we're gonna we're gonna go with the flow where the Holy Spirit leads us. As a result of Paul and Barnabas getting into the Holy Spirit, they were not only filled with the Holy Spirit, but they were filled with joy. And there's something else. There's something else that happens as a result of them getting into the presence and joy being released in their hearts. Go to the next chapter, continuing on. Verse 1, at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up. Here we go again. Opposition. Things not going right. Things not going according to plan. I didn't think this was going to happen. Why? So, but the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly. Speaking boldly. Boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of His grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Two things that you need to know and need to observe this morning is that when we get into the presence of the Holy Spirit, we've heard some messages on being filled with the Holy Spirit and being over and refilled with the Holy Spirit, and all so, so necessary. But when you get into the Holy Spirit and you get filled with the Holy Spirit, there's something that happens: joy is released and boldness. So Paul and Barnabas. They, they have a rough time. They're, they're facing opposition. Things are not going well. They get into the presence of the Holy Spirit. They get filled. Joy is released in their rest, and they're speaking boldly. Speaking boldly on behalf of the kingdom. Holy Spirit presence brings joy, and it brings boldness. See, sometimes, sometimes we, we may... Think, well, let's, you know, joy. Maybe we, let's go for the joy, first of all. And I, I'm not so sure that we go for joy, first of all. We go for the presence, and out of the presence comes the joy. Follow where I'm going on this this morning? Listen, because listen, I really believe that it's pertinent for us today. Holy Spirit presence brings joy and boldness. The disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. Holy Spirit and joy are inextricable. So, t- so today, if, if you're struggling with joy or lack of joy in your life because of situations, circumstances, I understand that. But you need to know that, that Holy Spirit and joy are inextricable. And, and today, perhaps the message has just said to you, listen, you just got to get back into the presence. Got to get back into the presence. Press in. Press into the presence of the Holy Spirit so that the joy... The joy that you just feel is, man, maybe it's drained, maybe it's been just removed from you for whatever reason, or, or maybe it's just me, I don't know where it is. Once again, the Holy Spirit wants to release joy into you. If you want joy, seek His presence. If you're going through something right now, seek His presence. We can never get away, and that's the fear. That's the fear of what we have in the church today, is that we do have church activity, and we have all kinds of things going on in the church, but where is the presence of God? And I'm listen, don't get me wrong, because I, I firmly believe that Jesus' church is alive and well, and I believe that there are churches up and down the, this, uh, the Atlantic seaboard. I can tell you, you can go and visit there today, and you will sense the presence of the living God. But the danger always is for us to start to leave the presence of of the Lord off to the side and go through the motions and and trying to kind of just, well, come see, come saw. So there is a warning to us today. In the Old Testament, in Nehemiah chapter 8, Nehemiah, just let me kind of just, uh, instead of read the whole passage of Scripture, let me summarize uh, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was, uh, was the man that was called by the Lord uh, uh, to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The walls of Jerusalem had been disrepaired because of disobedient kings and, and, and because they refused to believe God. And so God had no other choice but to, to uh, take the, uh, the, the children of Israel into captivity. Uh, the result of it was that the, uh, the walls were broken down. It was, just a, it was a terrible time in the, uh, in the history uh, uh, of Israel. But Nehemiah... Is giving the task. And so, so Nehemiah goes, and it's uh, underneath adverse circumstances, uh, and he gives leadership, and, and, and as a result, uh, they start to build the walls, and uh, not unlike uh, Paul and Barnabas, they, they, they run into uh, to opposition, and the enemy tries to stop. And any time that we try to move ahead, Anytime that we try to make progress for the Lord, you can count on the fact that the enemy is always going try to try to do something. The enemy is going to try to throw a curveball at us. The enemy is going to try to put things in our way just to, to slow us down or to distract us. And that certainly was going on for the case uh, of Nehemiah. But Nehemiah and, and the leadership, they, they, they persevered and, and they continued on and they got the walls up. And the walls, so it, was, it was quite... The day uh, for the walls to to be rebuilt, but but things still were were in, in desperate repair. Uh, uh, the um, uh, the word of the Lord had had been neglected, and it was time for the for the people to come and and, and to repent. And so in Acts or uh, Nehemiah, sorry, uh, chapter eight and, and verse five, we we have this scene, and and the people have been called together. Another name that you are familiar with in the Old Testament was Ezra. And so Ezra and Nehemiah are like contemporaries. And uh, Ezra uh, is given the assignment to read the book. To read the book. And there's just something to be said about the Holy Spirit and the book. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God the Holy Spirit in the Bible, there's just something that goes on when you couple the two together and the Holy Spirit, as you read the word of God and as you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in your situation, the Holy Spirit is be able, he starts to, to activate. He starts to release. In this case, in this case, it, it started to release conviction. It started to release exposure. said, oh my, have we ever Moved away from God. And so in this, this chapter, we have all the people uh, and, and they're, they're in his presence. He starts to read the book. And as they listen to what Ezra is saying, they're all saying, amen, amen. And, and they're bowing down and, and they're, they're worshiping the Lord and, and the heads of the people. And, and they are there. And, and they're, uh, uh, they're listening to the book of the law that God had made clear to them. And then Nehemiah in verse 9 says this, The governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Because at this point, they're weeping. I mean, at this point, they're just caught up in their their own sin and they're caught up in their own transgression. And then uh, Nehemiah, uh, he stands up, and he says to him, Do not weep, uh, for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the, law, of the law. And Nehemiah said, Go, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve. Get your focus off yourself. Realize what God is doing, what God has done. The only reason that we were able to get those walls up is because it was God. It was the only reason that we were able to fight off our enemies because it was God. He was the one that strengthened us. He was the one that enabled us. And so Nehemiah said, get up. Get up and stop looking at yourself. Yes, get your act together, that's for sure. But stop looking at yourself and let's rejoice today. And he says this in this verse, This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. It turns. Everything turns around. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a holy day. Do not grieve. And then all the people went away to eat and drink to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. So there was, there was the word, there was being in the presence, the responding and, and choosing joy in this case. People rejoiced because the walls were uh, completed. Praise and worship were key in this scene. They were actually worshiping God at this time. And so praise and worship are key to the joy of the Lord. Praise and worship are key to the joy of the Lord. Today, I want to remind you once again, because I'm a praiser, I'm a worshiper, I love to praise, I love to worship God. And today, I want you to know that one of the things that that we can never lose sight of is the entry into the time of praise and into the time uh, of of worship. And it is in praise uh, and it is in in worship that joy, joy is released. And so this morning, if if you're just feeling like low on the joy end and uh, you feel like, you know, things have happened uh, to you either for your physical body or surrounding circumstances, whatever it may be. And that's true. And we do run into this all the time. I want you to know, that praise and, and, and worship are key. Praise and worship are key to the joy uh, of the Lord. David put it this way. And that kind of fits right back with the, with the New Testament church. Uh, uh, David says this over in Psalm 16. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with what? Joy. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy. there's, There's the key word. In his presence is joy forevermore. And so David understood how important it was as king and as leader of the nation of Israel to be in the presence of God so that the joy would would be experienced and released. There's another passage of Scripture that I want to share with you today that is uh, 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 important for you to understand as well. So spending time in God's presence is key to your joy. Joy is not for the faint of heart. Joy is for those who hunger after the presence of God. If you've been listening closely now for several weeks, we have had a series of messages that have been based on hunger. We've been talking about hungering after God. So, so this morning, we, we, we bring once again to, to our attention that joy is for those who hunger after the presence of God of God, realizing, God, man, we can't do this on our own. It was, I mean, like Paul and Barnabas, man, they knew, man, we can't do this on our own, but God, if you there, man, you release your presence in our life, and there's joy that can come, we, we can do this. We, and that was the message to through Nehemiah. We can't do this on our own, but man, in the presence of God, joy is released, and he gives the strength. So so joy is for those who ha- hunger after the presence of of God. What is your appetite today? What is your appetite? And you don't know, think about this for just a, just a moment. Is, is joy being released in your heart? Is it just for you? Am I really, today, is my message only just for you this morning? That, you know, just that you experience joy, you know, today and we'll have a good time and you go home and uh, that's good. So we, we, we hit the mark. You got joy. Is it just for you today? No, no. Joy being released in our life is not just for you. It, there, 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 there's a testimony. There, there's something that, that God wants to release, not only in you, but through you. So, listen, hear me on this one. Laughter and happiness are not necessarily joy. If you have joy, you will experience happiness. Okay? If you have joy, you will experience happiness. If you have joy, you may experience laughter. It's okay. It's okay. Not necessarily because you laugh doesn't mean you have joy. And not necessarily just because you're happy doesn't mean that you have joy. But I can guarantee you this, that when you experience joy, that you will have happiness. When you experience joy, you will experience laughter. you have laughter. Psalm 89 says this in verses 14 through 16. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence. Lord, they rejoice. There's the joy in your name. All day long, they celebrate your righteousness. The psalmist sends this message home when he says, Those who have learned to acclaim or to praise you, they are the ones who will walk in the light of your presence. So there's that praise, and and there's the presence of God releasing joy. Let's go back to the New Testament. New Testament, and hear the words of Jesus. And Jesus said this, uh, and this is based on uh, uh, John chapter uh, 15, I believe it is. That he says, "If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love." And then in verse 11 he says, he says, "I have told you this, so I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete." I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Get it? Get it? Listen. Obedience. You know, uh, being in the presence of Christ. Our relationship to Christ is key to his presence. Christ being center uh, in our lives. Uh, Christ being sought first. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these things will be added on to you. Our relationship to Christ is key to his presence. Philippians chapter 4 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. You can't do that on your own. You cannot rejoice always on your own. Let me tell you, you cannot do it. But I want you to know when you're in the presence of the Lord, I want you to know that when you're seeking his face, I want you to know that when you're being filled with the Holy Spirit and overfilled with you can but you try rejoicing on your own, and I tell you right now, you are not going to do it. You're going to be miserable. You're going to be frustrated because you cannot do it on your own. But you can do it uh, in the Lord because of his presence. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. There's a message right there in itself. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. Rejoice in the Lord always. Here's another verse on joy. You may not like this one, but it's true. Here's, and, and uh, we learn this. We learn this as the longer we, we certainly serve the Lord, we learn this in ministry, that there are those times that we go through things that are painful. And in James chapter 1 says this, Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking Anything. I mean, the, the outcome of what, what James says in verse 2 is, is really good. But the bottom line he says, consider it pure joy, my brothers. And sisters, and he's talking about that when we go through the trials, when we go through the uh, uh, as as we're learning as leaders, as we go through the crucibles. There are those things in life. There are crucibles in, in life, whether it be your be your health or or, or, or a family family matter. Uh, and uh, God knows we all have have family matters. I have family matters in my family, and my brothers and sisters, and and everything that goes on in their life, and things that they're doing, and and their children and so forth. I mean, you know uh, what it is, and, and things are not always working uh, uh, well. But by, James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, that whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? He says, because it's, it's at that time that something's going on, that, that you're, being, you're being tested of your faith, and it's producing something. But I, I would suggest to you that, that, that what James understood, because he was part of the early church, he was part of a presence-based church, that James was, was talking to us out of a context, that it's when you get into the presence. Man, that's when you get into the presence. You know how you get into the presence? You pray. You know how you do that? You make it the first order of the day. You get up, you get up in the morning, you find that quiet place and you just get in his presence and you just let him talk to you. You just let him speak to you. But as you get into the presence, then he begins, his spirit starts to rise within you. his, his, his peace. His, his, his strength, his joy, his boldness begins to rise in us. But it starts with being in the presence. It was said about Jesus that he endured the death of the cross because of joy. Because of joy. Think about this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You don't always experience joy because you're having fun. You don't always experience joy because you're having fun. You don't always experience joy because your team won. Joy is a perspective. Joy is a perspective Based on a personal relationship with Christ. Jesus experienced joy because of his perspective. It wasn't because it was fun going to the cross. It wasn't because that his team won. Jesus was going to the cross, and there was a perspective that he had that caused him to endure the death of the cross. It wasn't the death of the cross that gave him joy. It was looking forward to the next, the next couple of days on Easter Sunday morning when there would come resurrection. Jesus was able to endure because he knew that there was another day coming and that he knew that what was about to be accomplished on the cross of of Calvary would bring tremendous victory. Jesus endured the death of the cross because he saw the day of Pentecost coming. He knew that the Holy Spirit was going to be outpoured. He knew that when the Holy Spirit was going to be outpoured, that something was going to be transpired and the people and his disciples, and that they would be filled with his presence, that they would know what it was to have joy. They would know what it was to have bold because that was his perspective. Jesus, as he was going to the cross, he was whipped, he was beaten physically. He was under. He was under everything. You think it was a picnic? Are you kidding me? Jesus endured the death of the cross because of what he saw in the future. And he saw the church. And he saw it becoming. And he saw the different faces of the church. He saw a revival coming. He saw a revival coming to, to North America in 1906 and in Canada in 1907. And he saw you and me. He saw you and me. He saw you and me this morning. He endured the death of the cross. There was joy because he saw you and me. He looked and he would know that you and I would be sitting in one of these chairs today. And he, and he knew that, that, that there would be that opportunity that you two would experience his joy. Because that was the whole idea. That the joy that he experienced would be our joy. And so that you and I, you and I would not just be a group of people that come together. And that we would occupy space. But that we would come and that we would be his representation to a world. To a world that he so loved. And that he so died for. So that they would have eternal life. Just like you and me. Oh, I I love the language of the Hebrew writer. However, there's a caveat here this morning. Because I don't assume. I don't assume that we get the message this morning. I don't assume that we all get what joy is all about here. Listen to the wording of the Hebrew writer. He uses words like throw. He says throw. Throw off. He talks about throw off everything that that hinders. And he talks about run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. He talks about fixing our eyes on Jesus. I get the joy that Jesus experienced. I understand the joy that Paul and Barnabas, Nehemiah, what Psalmist David talked about, but there is a caveat today. There's a warning today to us. The warning tells us, you know why people, you know why people miss out on the joy? You know why people miss out on the presence of God? You know why? Because they're easily distracted. They're easily distracted. We just, um, we've been taking a course in, at, our, at our home group and it's just we kept on running a little bit and it's a course that's called Weird and, and the subtitle is this because normal isn't working and in, in our study it talks about what is normal today used to be considered abnormal and what is abnormal has to be considered Normal, and so if you're normal, more than likely, you're headed down the wrong path in our world. Craig says this: It's normal to be busy. Yes, people, how are they doing? What do they say? I'm busy. What are you doing? I'm busy, and, and on and on and goes. Busyness is normal. Busyness is normal. Weird is seeking his presence. Busyness is normal. Weird, a God kind of weird, is seeking his presence. If there ever was a time for the church of Jesus in Canada to overflow with joy, it is now. It is now. Folks, I want to conclude this message. I need to do that because I'm just watching and, and we're, we're doing well and we're not running late. But I just really need to conclude this message uh, today with, with a prayer for you. There's two things that I want to pray for you. I want to pray for the increased presence of the Lord in your life. And I want to pray that there is a release of joy today in your hearts. I want to pray for that in every situation that is here. Uh, we, uh, we are in a, uh, we've been in a month Uh, of uh, uh, celebration, celebration um, uh, agendas and and certain things that uh, are contrary to God's heart. Uh, And uh, you and I, you and I have the opportunity on July 1st as we go down the streets of, of Stratford, Ontario to release his joy to release his joy. One of the things that God has often blessed us with as we go down with a float uh, on Canada Day, there is the praises of God that are being released all over our city. Uh, uh, there There is a joyful sound that is coming out of that float and out of our church. And people, we need to be people that are known for a joyful sound. We need to be people that emanate with the presence of God so that wherever we go joy abounds and so today i want to pray for you i want to pray that his his presence will be increased in your life and i also want to pray that today there will be a release of 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 joy uh into uh, our our country and into our our nation i'm asking the worship team to come at this point before i pray Did that make sense this morning Did anything I say make sense this morning? people I, I really want to encourage us that uh, we have come we have come to a place we've come to a place in a time I believe it's historic and I just believe that God wants to use his church mightily I'm so excited about what God is doing in our church I think so I thank God for our leadership and I thank, I thank God for the way I, I, man if there' if there's, if there's a leadership, uh, in, in, that uh, um, that we can talk about and, and and be thankful for. It's our leadership because they are very hungry for the Spirit of God to move. We talk about this every time in our in our we talk about it in our staff meetings. We we, we talk about it. Uh, our, our worship teams are often saying, "We want the presence of God. We want the presence." We, we are so we are so sensitive, and at times we get desperate for the presence of God that we we are ready. We are instructed and, and Pastor Chad is, is really good at just helping us and he reminds us that we are ready at any moment in time that if we, we need to go another direction on a Sunday morning, if we, if we need to change shorten, shorten up the, uh, the worship list or we, we need to adjust the sermon or whatever, if we need to do that so that the presence of God will be released in our we're going to do it. We're going to resist it because we realize the greatest asset that we have on a Sunday morning is the presence of God being released in this place. Because when the presence of God is released in this place, there is conviction that takes place. There are people that get filled with the Holy Spirit. There are people that get healed. There is something that comes and gets restored. God knows. God knows what he wants to do today. And God wants to once again release a fresh presence. Let me pray for you, and I want you to sing that song, Great is Our Lord and All the Earth, and All the Earth, that, that one that one phrase right there. I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and then we're going to be dismissed in just a moment. Precious Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I, 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 Heavenly Father, I've done the best I can, and Father, I want to thank you for what you've been just speaking to my heart again about the presence of God, and Lord, I pray right now I pray right now for an increased awareness of your presence and everyone that is here right now. Lord, I pray that whether they're people that are visiting with us or that they're regular attenders and have been here for a a number of seasons. But Lord, I pray right now for an increased awareness of your presence. Lord, I'm praying today that there will just be something rising up within each heart. And Lord, I'm praying that, Lord, an awareness of your presence that is rising so that and it affects. It affects the way that we talk. It affects our, our activities. And It affects how we live our lives before others. So that, Father, that your presence is known. Because God, we can't make it. We can't live without your presence. We're just going to go through the motions. But, oh God, we know that when your presence is released in our lives and in our church services, that you can do the impossible. That you can do the incredible. So, Father, right now, right now in this place release release your spirit give us an increased awareness of the holy spirit so that father that that it affects it affects the day ahead of us and the weeks to come in jesus name and oh god oh god i pray i pray today for a fresh release of your joy today in the hearts of everyone Lord, for those that are just in really need of it and they've been going through the crucible. Lord, release joy today in their hearts. Lord, I pray, Father, for a fresh release of joy for this whole church. And Lord, I pray. I pray on Canada Day. I pray, Father, that as the float from this church goes down the street, that there will be such an anointing on that float. That, Father, that as it goes down, that there's a release of joy. And that people, that as they're watching and, and they're listening, they're saying, what is that? And, and, and what, what are they talking about? Why do they feel the way they do? And that, Lord, that there's a desire that, that when they see the flow and they see the people and they experience the joy, they say, that's what I want. That's what I want. So, Father, this day, in the name of Jesus, and the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, release joy in your church today, wherever it may be found, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Amen.